Father, I love you. I thank you for today. I thank you for your word. And uh, Lord, you're just good to us. Um, uh, uh, God, we can we can mosey our way through life and um, attempt to try to do good things, attempt attempt to try to do godly things. Um, but honestly, uh, our best attempts uh, fall short. Um, we uh, we we do uh, our best, and we we try to uh, make that enough. But Lord, without you. Uh, really just, uh, being, uh, the, the guiding factor and the, just really the, the, the reason that we do the things that we do, uh, we, we, we can't get anything done. Uh, God, the, the purpose can't be good things. They have to be, uh, your things. And so, Lord, I pray as we, uh, dive back into just this chapter, uh, in 1 Corinthians, Lord, that you would, uh, just really remove me out of the way. There's a lot of things that I would like to say about a lot of this stuff, but, uh, Lord, I pray that these would be just clear and concise thoughts from you and that it would come across, uh, as clear teaching. Uh, Lord, I do pray for clarity as, uh, some of these things are, uh, just, uh, topics that some people, uh, don't completely understand or don't really uh, know how to put their finger on. So, Lord, I pray that you would just uh, get all the glory from what we're doing. I pray for uh, those who are uh, out today. There's people on uh, vacation, Lord. I pray for them. There's people that are uh, in the ministry. Uh, pray for Brady as he uh, just kind of last minute uh, got called back in to go preach at Dayton. I pray that you would just use him uh, any mighty way there and with his family uh, supporting him. And there's a lot of things going on in your church. I don't mean here just at HBF, but just your church in general. So I pray that uh, we just uh, can find a way to be a part of that and uh, that we would just give you the glory for all of it in Christ's name. Amen. Okay, so uh, if you got your Bibles, open up to 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 11. That's where we're at. You didn't have any announcements, did you? I don't think so. So, all right. So. I didn't. I didn't announce that. I didn't know if anybody knew. Yeah, I know. Yeah, who? What? Yeah. She doesn't, though. <laughs> I never would have known if she wouldn't have said it. Uh, anyway. Oh. I wear it when I have to go places where people think I'm cheese fan. It's actually ice cream. Fan of ice cream. Uh, okay, so if you have your Bibles up in the first Corinthians chapter 11, I started this last week um, and I didn't get through it. Can you imagine that? Uh, and I am going to warn you today, I don't know if we're going to finish today. I really want to finish today just because I'm going to be out for uh, a few weeks. But if not, we will definitely circle back around and get it finished up. So this chapter uh, in 1 Corinthians, without reviewing the whole book, you know, there's, there's the outline, you know, chapters 1 through 6 is a rebuke for what's going on uh, at the church. Chapter 7 through 9 is Paul answering some questions that they had asked. Uh, chapter 10 is a reminder, hey, look at what happened to the nation of Israel. Use them as an example. And then you get to chapters 11 through 16, uh, and we get into what I call... Uh, refining, and it's basically refining doctrine. He uh, basically slows down. He's like, hey, we got some more in-depth things we need to talk about. And so for as fast as we went through uh, the first part of 1 Corinthians, which I thought we were getting through it pretty quickly, and then I looked back at like when we started teaching it, and so maybe we're not getting through it as quickly as I thought we were. But anyway, we're actually going to slow down even more. And so uh, a couple weeks ago, right before the Lord's Supper, we actually taught the second part of this chapter first, which is odd, but it was because, you know, trying to make sure everybody understood why we do the Lord's Supper, how we do the Lord's Supper. Most of you guys knew that, but it just seemed fitting to teach it the week before we had the Lord's Supper so everybody would be ready for that. And so last week, we jumped into this passage starting in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 1 uh, through verse 16, and we didn't get very far, um, but the, the, the 
title if you are a title person, uh, and you can go back and listen to the first part of it online or on the podcast or however they do that stuff. I don't know. I just know if I push the buttons right, it shows up online. I, that's all I know. If not, it's not there, and people are like, hey, how come it didn't record? And like, I don't know. I don't make it get from here to space. I just do... Ask Jesse. He's smart like that. He does those kinds of things, computer stuff. I just put it on Brianna's desk, and it magically happens. So... But the, t- the the title is Hot Topic, right? And, you know, you, we laughed about, you know, the old store, the Hot Topic store. What up, man? I just got started. What? Yeah. Spit row. Abby's... Li- what? He's not here. <laughs> anyway. Uh, now she... I've already offended her. It's all good. Uh, huh? Oh. Uh, so, anyway... Um, Hot topic. And so we started getting through uh, what I call four highly disputed topics in the church. I'm not even talking about highly disputed topics of lost people that they think about the church. These are uh, highly disputed, and I've even heard them uh, debated here at HBF uh, of people who don't completely understand what's going on. And there's some things that are talked about here, and we got through like one and a part of a second one last week. And so I'll do a quick review, and we'll get going. But let me just kind of read through this so you can kind of pick up onto where we're at. 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 1. I really want to do more review, but you'll have to go back and listen to it. Because if not, we will be in this section for like eight weeks, and we don't have time for that. 1 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 1. Be followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. Now I praise you. Compare that down to verse 17, where he says, I praise you not. And you can figure that whole thing out. But I praise you, brethren, that you remember me in all things, and keep the ordinances I've delivered them uh, to you. But I would have you know... That the head of every man is Christ, and the head of every uh, woman is the man, and the head of Christ is God. Now you can see why we're talking about hot, disputed topics, right? Stuff people don't like to talk about. We'll get there. Verse 4, every man praying or prophesying, having his head covered, dishonoreth his head. But every woman that prayeth or prophesieth with her head uncovered, dishonoreth her head. For that is even as uh, if she were shaven. For if the woman be not covered, let her also be shorn. But if uh, it be a shame for a woman to be shorn or shaven, let her be covered. For a man indeed ought to cover his head, uh, for as much as he is the image and glory of God, but the woman is the glory of the man. For the man is not of the woman, but the woman of the man. Neither is the man created for the woman, but the woman for the man. Sounds like Dr. Seuss all over again. Like, what is he trying to say here? We'll get there. Verse 9. Uh, I'm sorry, verse 10. For this cause ought the woman to have power on her head because of the angels. Nevertheless, neither is the man without the woman, neither the woman without the man in the Lord. For... As the woman is of the man, he is into the man uh, also by the woman, but all things of God. Judging yourselves, is it comely that a woman pray to God uncovered? Doth not even nature itself teach you that if a man have long hair, it is shame unto him? But if a woman have long hair, it is a glory to her, for her hair is given to her for a covering. But if any man seem to be contentious, we have no such custom, neither the churches of God. He finishes the whole thing with like, if, if you're going to be mad about all this, don't be mad here. You'll figure it out, right? And so... Let's back up. I'll do a little bit of review of what we talked about last week, and we'll see how far we can get into this. But I don't want to rush through this, because this is one of those passages that if you don't understand it correctly, you have a really skewed vision of what uh, the church is all about. And so uh, we'll get into this. So the first hot topic, highly disputed topic uh, that you see in the church we talked about last week was the topic of following a man instead of following God. 
right? And so I spent an extensive amount of time talking about this last week. I don't really know why, because I don't understand why this is such an issue for certain people, but uh, it is, man. People, they they either say, oh, you shouldn't follow a man at all, only follow God. And I'm like, okay, I understand you need to be following Christ. Again, I talked about this for probably 40 minutes last week, but the example in the Bible is, Follow me as I follow Christ. That's what he says in verse 1. Be ye followers of me also as I am of Christ. Clear back the book of Genesis over and over and over again. Uh, he says, hey, follow this guy as he follows me. They followed Moses out of Egypt. They thought they followed Joseph into Egypt so that they wouldn't die of you know famine. Uh, they followed King David. They followed King Solomon. They follow. It, it's just a pattern. They followed the disciples. They followed Jesus. It's, it's a pattern. But so go back and listen to all that. It's pretty simple. I don't know why people get it all messed up. Uh, but there was, remember, a statute of limitations. I'm just hitting the super high points as I go through this on following. He says, follow me as I'm following Christ. That means that if for some reason I stop following Christ, whoever it is that you're emulating and don't, I'm not just talking about men, by the way. A lot of times you find a godly woman and, you know, emulate what they're doing as a, if I quit following, don't follow me off the bridge. Get back on focus and follow Christ no matter what. It doesn't mean that you stop following too. And so make sure you understand that. Um, this is discipleship, you know, 101. All the different, you know, things. Be followers of me. So I, I again, I'm not going to reteach it because you can go back and listen to it. So the second one, the second hot topic, and I only got partially through this, so I'm going to slow down and we'll pick back up here and see where we get. So uh, verses 5 and 6, uh, the second, I'm sorry, that's not right. Uh, Oh, man. Okay, yeah, verses 3 to 7. This is the topic of the authority structure given by God. Man, nobody likes to have authority in their life. They just don't. Nobody likes to submit. You know, ladies most of the time don't like to submit uh, to their husbands or to their authority. Men, they don't like to submit to their bosses and everything else. Nobody likes to submit to anybody, and that's why we have this big messed up. So there's this topic of the authority structure given by God in verses 3 to 7. Here's what he has to say. He says, but I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ. Starts there. And the head of every woman is the man, and the head of Christ is God. Every man praying or prophesying, having his head covered, dishonor with his head. But every woman praying or prophesying uh, with her head uncovered, dishonor with her head, for even as, uh, uh, even all uh, one as if she were shaven. But if the woman be not covered, let her also be shorn. Uh, but if it be shame for a woman to be shaven or, or sh- shorn or shaven, let her be covered. Covered. For a man uh, indeed ought not to cover his head for as much as he is the uh, image of the glory of God, the woman uh, is the glory of man. Okay. This gets really touchy, right? And it's really not if you understand what you're talking about. The problem with anybody who really thinks that these are topics that like disputed is because they don't understand. They don't understand how to rightly divide the word in the in the dispensation we live in and the context of what he's saying. And so I'm just going to kind of hit back some of the stuff I went through last week and then we'll pick up where we were. And so verse 3 shows the authority structure all the way to God. It always has to end up with him. Right. And so it basically says uh, that I would have, you know, the head of every man is Christ. The head of the woman is the man and the head of Christ is God. It all goes back to God. Even Christ himself, the the second part of uh, the Trinity still submits to God, the father. That's just the way that it works. And so we get to this. Uh, we get to decide if we follow or not. God does his part. He's always leading. He's creating. He's uh, he's he's leading from the throne. Right. Jesus has already done and is still doing his part. What do I mean? 
He lived a perfect life. He sacrificed himself on the cross. And even now, he is still living in the, in the person of the Holy Spirit in your life every day. He's still doing his part in the authority structure. That only leaves us to decide if we will or will not submit, right? It's, it's very black and white. And so in verse 4, it starts talking about this covering thing. It says, every man praying or prophesying, having his head covered, his head. What is this covering thing? We talked about it last week, but for anybody who wasn't here, because there's several people who are in and out for different uh, ministry reasons. And so when we start talking about this covering thing, um, you have to understand this, this whole passage is talking about an authority structure as a whole inside the church. Okay. And so when we start talking about a covering, a covering is not per se, like a veil, like they wear in Eastern cultures. Although they use that as a symbol of the covering, but that's not what it's talking about. A covering is like a a headship, or uh, it is like a a leadership that you follow. So when it says, you know, that you have a covering, uh, my covering would be Christ, right? In in as the as the place of 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 a man, right? And so. You have to understand that the, the covering is all about the authority structure. We all have to have a covering. Nobody gets to say, ain't nobody going to be my boss. Well, generally, anybody you've ever come across like that in life, um, they find out very quickly that uh, they have more than, than they're ready for, right? And it's just how that works. And so we all must have a covering, but you need to make sure you stick to the authority structure. We don't get to decide, well, I don't like the covering that... I have. Well, you married him, right? I'm sorry. It just is what it is. Like that's, you should have, you know, read the, I told you last week, you should have read the fine print before you signed on the dotted line. You know, it's kind of like getting into a bad car contract or house contract. Like, I don't feel bad for you. You signed it. Like if you've ever bought a house, you have to sign like so many times that your hand hurts by the time it's over. Like, I don't even know what I'm signing for anymore. Yeah, I just, I, it's crazy. It's no different in, we all have, there, there's fine print that goes into it, right? Well, I didn't know that the Bible said that. Well, you should have asked, right? That's why we do premarital counseling. That's why we do all the different things. And so anyway, I'm not like, and I'm not only talking to ladies, by the way, although when you read this passage, most of the time it's like the ladies are the ones that get offended. I have to submit to Christ the same way that you're supposed to submit to me. And it's all an authority structure. And I get it. Well, I don't want to submit to you. Okay. Well, I don't want to submit to Christ a lot of times, right? I'm just telling you, you don't have to like the rules. I'm just saying that's what the rules are. I didn't make them. I'm just the reporter, right? You can be mad at the weatherman all you want. He doesn't make the weather. He just reports it, right? I I just read what it says and I tell you how it how it defines and what the word of God is trying to say. And so let me let me get it to where we were. And so when verse four says, because so let's break it down piece by piece, because too often we read these entire passages and like I don't understand what it says, so I just don't care. Well, when you break it down piece by piece, verse by verse, even like phrase by phrase, you can make some sense of it. So when it says in verse four that when a man prays with his head covered, he dishonoreth his head. What is it trying to say? What? Right. And so he's basically saying, let's just break it down into some pieces, right? The first thing is, so we can all understand this. Who does it say in the passage is the man's head or covering, Right. Christ, right? It's pretty simple. It says the man submits to Christ. Okay, so we know that. So then it says that if he prays uncovered, then he dishonors Christ. So what is that saying? It's saying that if the man rolls into the church, 
the house of God, right? If the man rolls into the church with any covering or headship other than Christ, then he's dishonoring his true head, which is Christ. Right? It basically says a guy who's coming rolling in here with any kind of covering, it says he dishonoreth his head when he has his head covered by the wrong thing. Okay? And we read that and we're like, what is it talking about? Like if a guy's wearing a veil, that's not what we're talking about. It's basically saying that if he comes rolling in to the house of God with any kind of headship covering that isn't what it's supposed to be, he dishonors his head. Not the one that from the neck up, right? I always tell Tyler, just hire me, hire me from the neck down. I don't want to think. I don't want to. But he's not talking about his head here. He's talking about his headship of Christ. He's dishonoring that. What is, so what are, what are examples of? What would that look like? What are we talking about? I'm talking about like we've all seen the family where obviously uh, mama's ruling the home and dad's just following like, you know, a puppy, right? It's not a bad thing that you... Uh, both have a say in what goes on, but there is a structure in how things go, right? Uh, you know, we've we've all heard the, we've all seen the the picture of the guy has no authority, no leadership at all, and so because of that, she takes it upon herself, which she shouldn't. Uh, she shouldn't have to. First off, guys, uh, she should never be put in a place where she even has to consider that. But if she does, uh, she's she's taking that role upon herself, which she shouldn't. But at this point, we're not even talking about her. We're talking about he's allowing that. He's coming in, basically submitting to anything else other than what he's supposed to be. And because of that, he's dishonoring his head, which is Christ, by doing that. You know, that's just one example of what that looks like, okay? So when it says that, hey, when a man comes in praying with his head covered, he dishonors his head, meaning he dishonors Christ. Okay, so that that figures out, what's that? Another example. Other than, well, no, like of a, of a man submitting to another headship that maybe isn't like the wife or person role. What would be another example? Uh, you're submitting to, uh, I mean, that's the biggest one you're going to see in the church, but, uh, yes, Chris uses, uh, and it, it's basically any kind of thing that you make as an idol, right? It, 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 using anything as an idol. Um, sometimes people will use, I've seen guys use the Okay, well, um, I get that. Like, I've had to work on Sundays before, too. Um, it's interesting that you have to do that every single week, though. And even in the weeks that you didn't have something going on, you volunteered for extra overtime. And uh, now you're submitting to the wrong head, which is the headship of not your boss, of money. Right? And so things like that. You understand what I'm saying? You're dishonoring your head by doing that. And so, I hope, does that make sense? Yes. And Okay, so... It will make more sense of what I was saying at the first part in a minute. In verses 5 and 6, what does it mean? So what does it say? It says, but every woman that prayer prophesied with her head uncovered is on earth her head. Uh, first, even as she was shaven. Let's just talk about the first part first. So we just talked about the man. In verse 5, what does it mean when it says that a woman prays uncovered is on her head? Her head. Hers. I can't even talk today. First, let's break it down. Who does it say in this passage? I didn't make the rules. I'm just, who does it say is her head or covering? The man, right? Okay, so we understand that. Second, if the woman rolls into the church, the house of God, without a proper quote unquote covering, headship, leadership, then she's dishonoring her head, which is the man, right? And some ladies would say he deserves it. He's not doing this. He's not doing that. He deserves a little bit of 
shame. Okay, maybe he does. It's not your place to put him there, right? God takes care of those things uh, on his own. He doesn't need your help in any way, shape, or form when it comes to that kind of stuff. Um, it actually just gets really muddied up when you try to play that part. So when it says, when a woman... Uh, every woman that prayer or prophesying with her head uncovered just on earth her head. If she comes rolling in, trying to be all super spiritual, not submitting to her husband whatsoever at all, I don't care what this guy thinks, I'm going to do whatever I want, right? It says that she's dishonoring her head, which is her husband, which in turn is Christ, Right? Go back to Ephesians chapter 5. He plays the role of the leader. He, he, he plays that role, right? Christ in the church. That's the role that he plays in your marriage. Now, we'll get to, I know what's, what's coming, and so I'll answer your question in just a minute. What about single people? We'll get there. In a marriage, what? What'd you say? Yeah. In a marriage, knowing a woman's covering is pretty simple, right? Uh, it's it's not really that hard to figure out, right? If you're married, it's pretty simple to say that, okay, my covering is the man. Uh, I submitted to, to him when I got married, even though I didn't know it, and blah, blah, blah. Um, in a marriage, it's very simple, right? If you're married, uh, as a woman, your headship is the man, which is your husband. Okay, what, what about a single or unmarried woman, right? What, what about that? Huh? So, for it, it, it ends up there, but um, it should start with the family, right? It should start with the father. It starts there. But what happens if the father isn't uh, godly, wants nothing to do with the things of uh, God, or maybe he is deceased, all of these different things, right? Find your headship, your covering, your authority in the family, wherever that is. Maybe it's a grandparent. Maybe it's a, uh, an uncle or something like that, as long it is, as it is biblical, Right. But if it's like they don't care. Right. How many times have we seen in the world that we live in even fathers selling off their daughters to the world? And you might be like, well, he's not really doing that. He might as well. Have you seen some of the stuff that like it's it's just crazy. It's crazy. The world that we're selling these uh, single ladies into. Well, I mean, that's just the world we live in. Uh, You're an idiot. That's not the world that I live in. Right, my daughter went to some of you. You know, thank you for taking Hallie last night. It was it was good, but she went to like this this formal dance thing, and so like finding a dress for this was oh my gosh, and I was had no part in it other than paying for like the six of them that we bought, so we could send all of them but one back. But like finding a dress is like impossible. I heard Paige telling somebody last night. She was like, how? And Hallie, for the most part, does a really good job of of being modest, but. She's like, I wouldn't wear some of this stuff to bed as a nightgown. And people are wearing these like as formal, like dress. And so like, that's the world that we're selling our, our daughters into. And so when I say as a single, um, find your authority, your headship, your covering in the family, as long as it's biblical, but I'm assuming because you're here and because you're reading the Bible and you're wanting to know what this passage is actually talking about for you, you want biblical leadership. Okay. So maybe you're not getting that at home. Okay, so now you find your structure in the body of Christ, okay? Um, so let me just use uh, Mickey as an example. Uh, Mickey is uh, a single lady in here. Uh, she's been in Passpoint the longest of the single ladies, so I'll just use you as, as an example, okay? So Mickey, 
uh, your dad has passed away. All right, so we'll just take out the anything to do with godliness or ungodliness. So her, her dad has passed away. So she comes to uh, HBF. She also comes to the Passpoint class. Now, you guys understand at HBF, we have this big authority structure, the way that we do things with the ABFs and different things. So her first line of uh, covering at HBF would actually be me um, because I am her adult Bible fellowship pastor. That, in turn, transfers up the line to basically Brian Hedges. Brian is uh, the leader of the church. I play the role as a Bible fellowship pastor. So if something's going on uh, in Mickey's life, if there's a young man that is uh, suddenly interested, I need to take a vested interest in what is going on and the intentions of this young man the same way that I would my own daughter, right? That is the covering. That is the role that I play. In turn, because I am playing that role in her life, not just with my wife, because I play that role in my wife's life as well, and in my daughter's life, I play that role in the single ladies' lives in Passpoint, the same way that Brian does for all the single ladies at HBF, okay? In turn, they are signing up for, I am going to submit to the leadership that goes along with that. Mickey, I don't think this is a good idea, right? Well, you don't understand. No, I mean, I kind of do understand. Like, I, I see what's going on here. I don't think this is... So, there's counsel that goes... And there's a lot of things going to it. Okay, so you understand that it's very clear for singles as well. It's much more clear for a married couple. But it is here for singles as well. Okay, so we'll get into some more single age stuff in a minute. But let's just keep on with just the, the wording of what's going on here. So, that's what it's talking about with singles. So, what does it talk about? What, what is this whole shaven thing? It says that... Uh, Every woman that prayer the prophesy with her head uncovered dishonoreth her head for that uh, is even as if she were shaven. Like, what is it talking about? Okay, let's... KJP, can't say What? Paul is using a physical thing to show a physical... Or, I'm sorry, he's using a physical thing to show a spiritual picture. Right, The Bible's full of stuff like this. He's using a very physical thing, something we can see and understand, to show you a spiritual picture. Let me give you an example. Right, If a woman shaves her head, what's the first thing that people ask? I mean, that's a legitimate question. I mean, it is. Why did she do that? Why? Why did she do that? No, you're really not. But um, no, no, no. But that's the question. Like, why? Why did she do that? Um, what is? What is she trying to do? Why is she? You find out she doesn't have cancer, right? Why is she seeking attention, right? It's like a cry for help. It's a. Or what? Why is she trying to seek all this attention to her, her herself, right? I remember. I don't remember who the gal was, but there was a movie that a gal had to shave her head for. It was like, uh, yeah. And it was just like, even, even in all that, I remember I was younger, but I remember people thinking she only took this role because she was seeking all this attention. Right. And then, you know, Britney Spears was ahead of her time. She shaved her head way back when, and it was just like, why, what is the point? It is, it's, what are you trying to do? Hey, look at me, look at me. Right. The problem is it's a, we see this a lot of times. It's a cry for help. Right? Hey, nothing to see here. Well, then why are you screaming it? Right? John just wants attention. Right. Yeah. Hey, I, I get it, man. 
there's a reason I'm trying to grow mine because it ain't going to happen for much longer. So it's always the people that are like, nothing to see here. Then why are you yelling at it, everybody? Don't don't look at me. Well, then, like, I can't not look. I mean, we've all seen something that's like, it's, that's so bad. I can't not I can't not look at it. Right. It, whatever it is, it's it says that she's obviously it's using this example of like she's just like hey i need attention look over here see me and basically say if she's going to do this if she's going to go out and act a fool in the in the church and you know not submit to anything she'd be better off if she just shaved her head right if she was just completely like then everybody'd just be looking to see what's going on so it's a physical trying to show you something spiritual what are, what are we what's the spiritual then the spiritual picture of rolling into church with your quote-unquote head shaved is you're rolling in saying, covering. yeah, I don't, I'm not submitting to anything. Yes? Isn't, isn't there something in the Old Testament, like if, if a woman's accused of cheating, then they take her head and they shave it and then do it as an offering. She's like, drink something and if she makes her throw up, then you know what I'm talking about. I'm not 100% yeah, I sure. Um, yeah, I know if... Yeah, it was like a way of proving that she was... Yeah. Yeah, it was some kind of bitter water. Yeah, again, you have to be careful when you compare passages like this to those passages in the Old Testament, though, because it's a different dispensation. Fast forward to point number four when we talk about uh, guys having long hair, and if you get the wrong dispensation, then, yeah, I can see where you are get it all wrong, but we'll get there soon enough. But right now, we're just talking about a woman comes in spiritually shaved, She's basically saying, I don't care what my husband does, says, thinks, I'm going to do whatever I want. I don't care what my spiritual authority does, says, thinks, I'm going to do whatever I want. Right? Nothing to see here except for me. Right? That's the whole point of it. It's a, it's a picture. He's basically saying, if she's going to do this, she might as well just let it all hang out, is what Paul is trying to say uh, in, in, a, in a sense. In almost 15 years of following Christ, I got saved in 2008. Yeah, I was like the year could not come to me, but I remember, yeah. I will tell you that one of the biggest things that I personally have learned is that God is not just a little bit serious. He is very serious when it comes to the authority structure that he has in the church. Well, I don't like it. I don't either sometimes. I'm just telling you, personally, for all the years that I followed Christ, I can tell you one of the things that God is super serious about is uh, authority structure. Like, not just a little bit, like a lot of bit serious. Most people say that they don't like God's structure. I don't like God's authority structure. I'll do it my way. I mean, okay. Let me just tell you, like, you are entitled to your opinion. You're entitled to really whatever you want. Like I can't tell you what to think, how to think, anything else. I can just tell you what the Bible says. But I will tell you this. Just because you don't like it doesn't make it false. I mean, it's just, it is what it is. Just because you don't like it doesn't make it false. Just because you like wish it was snowing outside today doesn't change the fact that it's sunny and it's pretty stinking nice outside today. Like I'm just saying. Just because you don't like it doesn't make it... Just because you don't believe truth doesn't change the fact that it is truth in anything in life. Are you tracking? Just because 
the Bengals don't believe that they lost a couple weeks ago doesn't change the fact that when they turn the TV on at 5.30 today, they ain't playing. Right? Just because, you know, Christian McCaffrey is all upset about not playing tonight doesn't change the fact that the 49ers are not playing tonight, right? Just because you don't believe that... I'm just giving lots of different examples here. Just because you don't believe that, like, eating healthier makes you healthier in general um, doesn't change the fact that it's true, right? You can tell me all the day long. If you would just... My wife has told me for a lot of years of my life, if you would just maybe eat a little bit healthier, you'd feel better. And I'm like, it has nothing to do with why I have heartburn all the time, Paige. Like, nothing to do with it. Like, I, you don't understand. You don't know what you're talking about. Just because you don't believe truth doesn't mean it's truth, right? I've changed my diet, not so much to, to lose weight, and I feel so much freaking better. Like, I can sleep at night, all the different things. Just because you don't believe it doesn't mean that it's not true. Just because you don't believe that I don't believe if I exercise, it's going to help me at all. Like, you can believe whatever you want. Like, um, you can believe that cheeseburgers are good for your heart. I believe that you will find yourself having heart bypass surgery at some point. Like, that's just how it works. I'm just telling you. Like, just because you don't believe something doesn't mean it's true. Just because you don't believe that if you jump off a building that gravity really isn't real, right? That's like saying that, you know, the earth is flat. Okay, well, jump off a building and tell me gravity is not real. I promise you will find out very quickly that the sudden stop makes gravity very real. Just because you don't... You don't have to like, or some of you who do this, just because you don't love... I don't, I don't, I'm not a big fan of the, I like your message, I love your message, I don't... Uh, Tyler does this to me sometimes just to irk me, but like... He'll like send a heart emoji back or whatever to my, to my text message. And I'm like, what did you just do? Like, and so my pet peeve with the whole thing is heaven forbid we just tell somebody, hey, I'm interested in what you're saying. Instead, it's all about, you know, the social media thing. I don't do any of that stuff, but just, you don't have to like or even love God's authority structure, but I'm just telling you, it's still truth either way. It just is. It is the way that it is. Verse 7 goes on to say, For a man indeed ought not to cover his head for as much as he is the image and glory of God, but the woman is the glory of the man. So let's get through what's going on here because I thought I was going to be done with this point in about five minutes and there's still two more to go and so I'm not doing good. Verse 7. If the structure... So we've seen the structure, right? Everybody, it's not, it's not confusing. You might not like it, but it's not confusing. If the structure... Is played out correctly, who gets the glory in the end of the whole thing? It doesn't say, if it's all played out correctly, then yes, the woman will submit to the man, and the man will rule over the woman. That's not what it says. If it's played out correctly, then the lady submits to the man. The man, in turn, immediately takes that plus his, gives it to Christ. Christ immediately takes hers, his, and himself, and gives it all to God. God gets all of the glory when it's played out correctly. When one person decides not to, that's on them. But it's all about what God getting the glory in the end. That's what it all boils down to. God does. But when the church is full of passive men who allow their wives to carry around their, we'll call it dignity, in, in her purse or whatever else, then God doesn't get the glory for that. And when a woman decides that I don't want to submit to him because he's not worth being submitted to, okay, I understand. That's a completely different story than a woman who just says, I'm going to rule no matter what. 
Like, I don't, I don't want to come across as saying that, uh, ladies choose this. Some ladies, like, they get to a point in their, in their marriage where if he's not going to lead at some point, I'm going to have to go to work. If he's not going to lead, I'm going to have to take the kids to church. If he's not going to, I have to, but you have to also be immediately willing to when he does realize that, hey, my family's like doing this without me. When he is is willing to, hey, play the role, then you immediately have to step back into your role, okay? There was a time in my life when I was lost. That's a shocker, isn't it? Uh, and Paige uh, had just gotten saved, and she's like, hey, I'm going to go to church. And I'm like, have a good time. I'll see you when you get back. And you guys, most of you heard my testimony. After a few uh, weeks, I'm, she's like, hey, I'm going to go back. It was actually the next week. And I'm like, no. Okay, I see what you're doing here. So it wasn't that she was trying to usurp my authority. She was just like, if you're not going to take the kids, then I will. And I'm like, okay. As soon as I stepped into the role, though, she immediately stepped back into her role. So I don't want this to come across as I'm I'm bashing ladies because uh, they're trying to take some sort of a leadership role. If your husband's not going to do it, feel free to at least get some sort of spiritual truth into your family. But... If you're just doing it because you don't like the way that he's doing it, that's a completely different issue, right? If you're just making all the calls because, well, that's just who you are. I'm, you know, type A, I'm type B, whatever. Uh, that kind of stuff, like, it is what it is. We're all created to be the way that we're created. We're also all created to submit to somebody, right? And so when it comes to, like, spiritual things, I don't want you to be confused in the fact of, I would rather you find some sort of truth spiritual truth in your life but as soon as your husband is ready to to play that role you immediately need to be ready to relinquish that and step into your role because it's all about getting god the glory in the end so i hope it makes sense i hope i'm not coming across because i'm definitely not the guy who's like follow me because i'm worth following that's not it at all like i would be the first one to tell you follow christ but if you're going to follow christ you have to backtrack and say, what does that look like? And then you fall into passages like this, and it's like, oh, that's what it looks like. Well, I don't really like that. Well, I don't make the rules again. I'm just like, hey, this is what it says. What verse 7 is really saying is if the church was full of men and women that actually filled the role that they were called to, instead of passing it on to somebody else, then God would actually be getting glory like he's supposed to be. What it's really saying is if, if guys would really just play the role that they're supposed to play, a woman wouldn't have to try to be put between a rock and a hard place of, do I submit or do I at least try to get some sort of spiritual food to myself and to my kids? And like, if, if what it's really saying is if, if men would just be men, he's actually calling out men way more than he is ladies here. If men would just be men, we wouldn't have this issue in the first place. The problem is we have a bunch of well, let's just call it what it is, man boys in the church. Not everybody, but there's a bunch of them. And it's just like, man, you're really making a mockery, not only of yourself and of your family, but of the church of God. And this is why nobody wants to be a part of it. Because you won't commit to anything. And you're flaky. And you're. it's because you don't believe what the Word of God says. right? God's authority structure is, is so so clear. All right, so I'm going to give you the next two, the actual wording, and I guess we're going to get to them in a few weeks. I really thought I was going to finish this one. I'm definitely going to get through the third one, but there's no way I can get to the fourth. I don't to get to it. So the third one is the topic of uh, one sex being more important to God than the other. 
like men being more important to God than the other. I promise you'll want to come back and hear this because when you get done, you're going to be like, whoa, I didn't realize that. That's really what it was saying. Uh, because at the end of the day, it's basically saying, um, well, I'll just, God, the man wasn't getting it done on his own. He had to basically create a woman to help him out because uh, if not, it was not going to get done. Right. And so, but there's so much more to say, but we'll get back to that. The topic of, of one, because how many times have you heard that? Well, in, in the church, a lady can't do anything. I promise uh, the church doesn't get anything done without the ladies the same way that doesn't get anything done without the men. And it's, it's, it's all hand in hand. Anyway, that's the third topic. And then the last topic uh, is one that I know some of us are really wanting to get to just because there's a podcast going around that uh, is a mess, but the topic of uh, physical appearance leading to godliness or ungodliness, right? And so, uh, again, it's it's a mess. So, I'm out for a few weeks. Um, there'll be some good teaching while I'm gone. I under I, I know that for sure. Um, and we'll get back into this. Um, I'm not going to rush through this because I want it to be clear and concise. I want you to understand it. I don't want it to be like, oh, we made it through it. I don't really know what it said, but I made it through it. Who cares then? Um, and so we're going to get to it in, in God's timing and, and we'll go from there. So uh, if you have any questions, catch me uh, after class. I promise I'm never going to be the guy that's like overbearing on uh, ladies at all. Um, I'm just not that guy. I'm never going to be. Um, <laughs> I'm not so sure about all that, but um, God's God has he's. He's given us a picture, and it's not even like uh, he's given us an instruction manual that doesn't have pictures, because sometimes those are the worst. You just throw those away. But if you've got some pictures in there that are like, oh, now I see what's going on. He's given us a picture, and it's really easy to follow if you just decide to follow. But it's up to you. It's really up to you. And so anyway, we'll get back into this in a couple weeks. Let's pray and we'll get going. Uh, Father, I love you. Thank you for today. Thank you for uh, just your word, Lord. Thank you for um, just... uh, being able to come to a church that really wants to understand what the Word of God says and uh, not just understand it, but live it. Um, uh, God, I, I thank you for passages like this that are hard to understand because uh, it, it really gives us a picture of what you're doing in the church when we take time to slow down and really see what you're saying to us. And uh, I thank you for the Apostle Paul and uh, just the, his perfect wording when it comes to these things. And uh, Lord, I thank you for uh, the structure you've given us with uh, basically all the glory going to you, Lord. It doesn't matter if I'm submitting to Christ or my wife is submitting to me or uh, we're both submitting to the ministry. It, it, God gets all the glory if we do this thing correctly. So I pray that uh, you would just uh, convict us if we're out of line somewhere in this and that you would uh, just really um, get the glory from our lives, that we wouldn't be doing anything that puts us out of uh, underneath the umbrella of your protection, uh, which is given to us through by the, the authority structure in the church. I pray for Pastor Brian as he preaches to us today, that you get the honor and the glory. I thank you for um, just all the different gatherings that are going to be going on today. I pray that you would uh, really just get the honor and the glory from our lives and the way that we present ourselves with um, uh, just people today. I pray that we'd have a good time with friends and family and that you would, uh, again, just get the honor and the glory in Christ's name. Amen.